everybody. Well, well, Godzilla swag on today's Hup Boy Summer. You know it. Had to go to the doctor. Got my, my, my chest a little shaved. Uh, my next guest, he got his chest a little shaved. Maybe we'll get into that. It's that kind of day. By the way, check out that wall behind me. All right. So I've been looking at it. It looks kind of bare. I know that like this mask is in the way. It's, it's creating some space, but I'm going to put some shelves on there and I need some help decorating it. And I'm looking for some of the most badass artifacts in freight. Some of you already reached out. I put this out on social media. Someone sent in a jackalope. Someone sent in a hubcap. Someone's sending a steering wheel. Here it is. It's open for business. Front and center on there. You want to send your best freight artifacts. I'm going to start filling this thing up. You need my address, tduner at freightwaves.com. That's T-D-O-O-N-E-R at freightwaves.com. Or find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Timothy Dooner. And uh, we'll get into it. We got a really big show today, by the way. Let's check out who's on deck here. I'm talking to super trucker Justin Martin about the great Bucky's debate. How do drivers feel about being excluded from the fuel station's lots? The results may surprise you. Plus, we're going to get into a Blitzweek. Did it bring some stability? Blitzweek Memorial Day? Is this the push we need in freight to make things happen? We'll take a look at the numbers. We're going to talk about first-year driver pay. How much are drivers making in 2023? We're going to look at a cyclist almost get decapitated. We got 30 tons of explosives that are missing from a rail car. The importance of airbags, awful TikTok recipes. A new brokerage gets its wings on this episode. Titan Logistics Services is going to cut the ribbon this week. Jenna Sargent is here from there to talk about all the experience she brings from XBO and RxO and why she's decided to take on this endeavor. We'll get deep in that space. And in studio, I have Gateway Crate and Freight, Stephen Tittle. He uh, just dropped by. He's told me he's been driving around the road for over two weeks now. He's been doing military installations and stuff. He does some really cool freight, like delivering inside of yachts and things like that. We'll get it all into it. So let's tip the band, and we'll get this show rolling. Supply chain challenges are not always easy, but the commitment from the team at Dunavant Logistics to take on that responsibility is unwavering. Dunavant, logistically speaking, they're at the center of it all. Visit them at Dunavant.com. But right now, let's visit with Super Trucker, Justin Martin. There we go. There we go. You got it right there. Hey, Justin, how is your chest feeling? When the doctor had to do my chest, I got to feel like shirts feel a little weird now. It feels almost too close to my skin. Yeah, it's a little itchy, like two two spots right here and two a little lower. Very itchy. I feel like I lost a little bit of weight, though, like without the uh, like the, the, the puff of, of just chest hair pushing the shirt out, maybe like an extra inch. I feel like it's, it's slimmed me down, which is good for summer. <laughs> yeah, it's a good look. You know, a steering wheel would be really good, like right there in the center of your desk. No, I know. Incorporate it into your mic stand. Look, there's so many options. You, can, you There's hubcaps, there's steering wheels. There's what I'd really like to have. If, you, if any of you have any like smokestacks lying around, I want to like semi smokestacks. Mm-hmm. I want to put those, see the screen back there. I want to put those, put me wide. Yeah. See the screens back there. Can I go wide? Let me go wide, boys. There we go. See those screens back there. Put them right there. We're going to hook our, uh, our smoke machine to it and be like, be sick, dude. People who haven't been to the set in person, they don't realize your whole set is actually like the front grill of a cab over. It looks really It cool. is. And it's really uncomfortable because there's actually shelves here and my knees don't go inward. So I have to sit spread eagle while I'm up here. Just so you just, know, I'm very just like, a, just like a real cab over. Just like a real cab over. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, by the way, I, you know, we're, we're both dads in here. We both got kids around the same age. Um, my kid played his big piano recital over the weekend. How, how did you guys do this weekend? Uh, 
he's sick as a dog. I think he got another daycare bug. My wife caught it. She went Oof. to Florida. And uh, I guess because of traveling, you know, she got even worse. I'm like on the first day of it today. My throat was a little scratchy last night. So um, I'm holding it together as best I can. Well, hey, check out this picture right here. If Gord went to Hyrule, this is kind of what he'd probably come up with. Look at this truck right here. This person made in Tears of the Kingdom. Super trucker bullhorn. There we go. Get that graphic <laughs> off there. No, <laughs> he says, uh, no scale on the way to Lurline, so I'm going to send it. For those of you out there, a lot of people have been dorking out over Tears of the Kingdom. A lot of drivers have a lot of downtime. A lot of drivers driving around with either switches or Steam Decks. I've seen some of them, Justin, some of the people with Steam Decks, they've pirated the copy of Tears of the Kingdom, and they're rolling illegally, waiting for lumpers to unload them as they go through Hyrule and build these trucks with their Ultra Hand. The, the crazy thing about that, too, is like the game runs better on like a pirated piece of hardware than it does like on the Switch itself. Awad a- 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 Bay, who posted this picture, he said, I can't wait to get a lot of playtime on this game with the lumpers unload me. I'm still trying to get a hold of all the powers that Link has. It's pretty confusing, but I'm getting there at, um, at some point. This, by the way, check out this video right here. This is what happens when the sales bros find out you're a shipper. <laughs> Jokes always work better twice. Coming for you. Speaking of which, man, we're all going to be in Cleveland pretty soon. That's only a month away. Those things are frightening, about it. Yeah. You know, you can you can easily skip them by just climbing on a wall. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can do that a lot in that game. But you got All right, you, you guys can. You can't them. you can't outrun them, but you can just climb a wall. Hey, so there's been a big there's been a big debate going on, Justin. Um, this so this lady on on Facebook right here, Don Knapp Thompson, show this picture right here. She wrote that, show that picture, thank you. She says that, uh, I'm so upset right now. We tried to go shopping at Bucky's. We were inside shopping where two managers came up and told us they would not sell to us and escorted us from the store. I asked how we were different from an RV and his explanation was because you are a semi. I said, but this is our home. We don't have a trailer. To which she responded, we are not a truck stop. She says, we were one truck trying to have the Bucky's experience and were thrown out like trash. There's a couple commenters here. Maria Culler, she says, if I were you, I'd file a discrimination lawsuit against them. And Sandai Meister Griffin said, send this to corporate. And you know what? On the surface, it sounds like, man, all truck drivers would be on board with this. However, we got a video here from Mad Max. Let's hear what he has to say, Justin. You know, I just did that video on the guy peeing in the parking lot and everybody seemed to think that that's cool and okay and just part of the trucking culture. Well, apparently Bucky's doesn't want the trucking culture left in their lot to stink it up. You know, peeing in the lot, poop bags, trash, uh, toothpaste spittle, uh, leftover food. Yeah, I stopped the other day at the TA and when I got up in the morning last week, I uh, had to step over some guy's rice. He chucked out a half a pot of rice, it looked like, and whatever else was in there that he was eating. So, I mean, we've done this to ourselves. We only have ourselves to blame as to why people don't want us around. We got to do better, people. That's all there is to it. Otherwise, we're going to get what we get. All right, Justin, you were a truck driver, so you're this a little closer to home for you. Who's right here? Is is Don on Facebook right, or is Mad Max right? Is this a self inflicted wound, and is Bucky's in the right? Yeah, no, it, it's such a it's such a deep seated debate because I just on principle will never shop at a Bucky's because they it's not even so much of like no trucks allowed. They they have like like a photo of like a, a just a day cab saying you know no trucks whatsoever. So on principle, I'm on the side of like okay, cool, you guys are private business. I'll take my business elsewhere. But at the same time, like 
I understand why Bucky's takes that position. You know, we did do it to ourselves and they do have locations where trucks can get fuel there. Um, they just don't want trucks going to like the big, the tourist trap locations. Cause they, other drivers I've talked to said that they have like a decent fuel discount program and they love shopping there. But like I said, I'm on principle. I just won't go to a Bucky's. You know, we asked the community and they had some insight here. John Popper, John Piper said, I have a Bucky's five minutes from my home in Denton, Texas. They don't have space for big trucks. Um, are not set up to provide diesel fuel for truckers. James is spot on. Take care of your surroundings. Aid Mape said, it was not like this years ago. The new drivers are nasty. Can't blame companies for that. To ban us truck drivers, it's bad drivers. Uh, we're ruining it for good drivers. Billy the Kid said, no, they shouldn't. That's why the few truck fueling locations don't have parking. You also don't see them near the major highways for that reason. U.S. ag guys are the... Uh, and other locals know better than the rest of trucking industry to not trash up a place. Um, Little Trucker Wally says, I don't get the attraction, though. You can get the same drinks, food everywhere at some place that welcomes truck drivers. Apparently, they have really good, uh, like, Bavarian nuts or something there. Everyone, every time I talk about Bucky's, people are like, oh, you got to get this XYZ thing. But, but I, I'm a Wawa guy myself. If I can find a Wawa with truck parking, that's where I'm going. Interesting. Interesting. Why do you think that drivers are, do you think drivers are fed up with each other? That's why they're not taking a hard stance against Bucky's. Cause I was kind of surprised that a lot were like, no, Mad Max is totally right. We shouldn't be allowed at Bucky's. We shouldn't even be allowed at other places. It's just both sides just have really good arguments and neither of them are really wrong. Um, you know, it, it's all about the principle. Like I totally get why Bucky's is taking their stance, but then other drivers seem to think that like anybody should allow them to go wherever they want. And that's just not the case. You know, if, if you're a small gas station, you probably don't even have like the, the cement properly to like hold the weight of a semi. So of course you don't want trucks, you know, tearing up your business, but then again, they, they do allow RVs in there. So, you know, it's, it's, there's good points on all sides. Yeah. What do you think out there? Drivers, let us know, comment, comment on the show. Let us know how you feel about Bucky's excluding drivers from their parking lots. Uh, like I said, private business, their call, but also private individual, your call if you want to shop there yep. or not. You know, in my opinion, that's always the best way to go. Let people do whatever they want, yeah. and then you can decide to uh, you can decide to frequent them or not. Now, you might not have any money to spend at Bucky's, or maybe you will. Let's see, did Blitzweek help out at all? Justin, we kind of jumped the gun a little bit on Wednesday. We were like, you know what? We're not hearing any reports of any freight dropping off. And almost immediately after we went off air, there were a couple people <laughs> who reached out and they were like, no, no, trucks just started dropping off today. And, and there were other people yeah. said, what market isn't that in? So it was, it was asymmetrical how this impacted freight last week. But now we've got Memorial Day weekend. So maybe we can create some momentum. So let's see what the pricing power index says right now. Show says, we're at a 25, so that's still pretty strong within the shippers. But Michael Rudolph, he does have some good news here. He said out of 135 total markets that they track, 70 reported weekly increases in tender volume. Now, again, it was Blitz Week, right? So that's half the markets, but we should see some momentum. But there's some more good news. Cross-border trade with Mexico is heating up. The Texas markets of Laredo and El Paso, they saw respective gains in tender volumes by 5.23% and 28.4%. But here's what's kind of bad in this market. Uh, what's not so hot is, has been the case for the past few weeks, reefer volumes continue to be a marked disappointment. But, but Justin, here's where we start looking at some good stuff. Predictably, tender rejections rose as Blitzweek kept some capacity offline. Take a look at this chart right here. As you're going to see, a little bit of a bump up, right? Otri, it measures our relative capacity. And uh, that market was 2.89%. It's a, it's a change in 36 basis points from the week prior. Otri is now 551 basis points below years ago. With um, year-over-year comparisons, though, getting more favorable. And check out one more chart here to maybe put people in a good mood. 
we saw rates jump too. Now, will this be a dead count bounce? They're up to 242. You saw that line. We like to see it straight up in freight, don't we, Justin? Absolutely. We yeah, I have to wonder. The, the, yeah, I wonder if we got the timing on this too, because is this is this from Bliss Week or is this from you know carriers starting to wash out? Well, I, no, I think that this is specifically from from Blitz Week right here. I think that yeah. that is some of that uh, volume here. I don't think we would have had that one week jump without the Blitz. But the good news is there's also Memorial Day stacked back to back with yeah. this. So hopefully that can maybe create some momentum. You know, we did have that really bad produce season. And there's more bad news on the broker side. I know that drivers, have, you know, every time rates are bad, drivers like to scream about that. They like to yell about brokers and, and demonize them. But if you look at the brokerage sector, you know, one of the big dogs, the biggest one out, C.H. Robinson, right? Heavyweight 3PL, they announced another round of layoffs last week. They had 300 more. Coyote just had a bunch of layoffs. So they're still going throughout the system. We still need to right side the capacity. And obviously, for those of you brokers out there, like, wow, truckers are getting hammered. No, right side and capacity on the desk in offices, too, when you're seeing some of these layoffs. Yeah, now we'll see what it looks like going into summer. I'm really hoping that we finally hit the bottom and things are starting to look up. So we got another couple of weeks before we can see whether or not this is a continuing trend or just a blip. Well, this is a good time to look at driver pay. So first year driver pay, someone on Reddit put out this great thread uh, to look at what people are doing. And it's a curious year because it ain't 2021, it ain't 2022, this is 2023. Before we get into some of these numbers, do you remember what you made your first year trucking and what was the job? Uh, so it was with a mega carrier Schneider and I believe it was 45,000, 45,000, you know, and that's kind of in line with what we're seeing a lot here is it was a big anomaly. If someone said that they were making huge amounts of money, there's one guy here who said actually in 1980, he made, he started out with $22,890. That's eight eighty four thousand dollars adjusted for inflation. Pretty good for a yeah. first year. Um, yeah, not bad. This guy driving for Pepsi. He said this year, I'm going to make 60 to 65,000. Is that decent for beverage? Uh, I'd say that's about about the average, but you you're working for that sixty. You know, it's 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 a tough that's a tough gig. Yeah, the ones that are making like over fifty five, they're doing a little bit more specialized work. There's another one here. Said seven yeah. months in, I'm set to make eighty thousand local good, but hazmat. It's ten hours a day, but the bright side, weekends and holidays off. Yeah, no, that's really great. Um, at the postal service, a lot of guys, your first year, you're making between. 50, maybe 60, but then you have guys that work a ton of overtime and they're pushing 80,000. Um, but, but you're home every night, lots of holidays off. But if you're working that overtime, you know, you're never home either. Yeah. And look, the trends are kind of the same. Like if you want to make 80,000 right now, you got to go into more dangerous sectors. For example, oil yeah. field hauling water. Uh, they're working. This guy's working four on three off. He's home every day. He works nights. He gets full benefits. Company truck, $80,000 for that. Not a terrible first year. Um, no, not at all. Do you like that oil field freight? Is it not not your cup of tea? No, it's it's like super boom bust. Even even worse than what we're seeing in like the spot market. Oh. Um, the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. And guys will come in and they'll be they'll be out of work. You know, if, if they're lucky, maybe a year or two is what you can get out of that. So this guy comes in, he's making eighty thousand this year. Biden builds bans some sort of drilling or something, or exactly or gets up yeah. and next thing he's either got to move somewhere completely different or he's not going to yeah. see that. Yeah, there's, it does there's the no opposite, stability, though, right? Like, I remember when fracking was was super in demand, and they were trying to yeah. really bring in drive, which is also a very dangerous job, very dangerous truck driving job. Some of those uh, fields you got to get out to, but they were just paying like 120000 and up when they were just trying to attract drivers. And, and you need that money because the towns that they're operating in, they become such a boom town that everything quadruples in price. You know, they'll have a McDonald's that pays 25 an hour because there's nobody, there's nobody working out or nobody living out there. Um, the rent goes through the roof, too, at these places. So, yeah, the, that, that money they're making gets, goes pretty quickly. 
delivering beer sounds brutal. This one man, uh, Fishy Chain, he said twenty. He makes twenty five point twenty. Makes twenty five dollars to twenty eight cents an hour. About seventeen hundred dollars every two weeks. He said it was the worst four months of his effing life. Yeah, <laughs> carrying that around. You know, we hear about guys who do that job. There's so many we've heard because they get to because that's one of the easy ones where you can stay relatively close to home. And then, like within a year, they all wash out and they're like, "I got back problems. I got knee problems. Yeah. I've been going up too many different steps." Every person I ever talk to that's like interested in doing any kind of food service or beverage service, I tell them, look at everyone else you're working with and look how old they are. You're not going to, you don't see too many guys pushing 60, uh, hauling beer or beverages around. Maybe, maybe there's like some rock star guy that just absolutely loves, loves doing it and has been doing it safely. But for the most part, it's a young man's game and a lot of guys get injured and they're out very quickly. Hey, you're first year truck driver. You decide, let's just say you lost your brokerage job or whatever. You want to get your CDL. What job would you take right now? Oh geez. Um, just with the, the way the freight market is right now, you're, 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 it really sucks saying it, but you're better off going with a mega carrier. Just get your, get your experience. Look for anyone that hires a new driver, um, and then uh, do the best you can to, to be accident free for two years, and you can go anywhere. Especially if you keep your your hazmat and double and triple and tanker endorsements. People crap on big companies, but I found like I started out in this business in in FedEx, right? You get a lot of support, you get a lot of training within yeah. those big companies. Maybe the, the the payoffs won't be as big, but you can learn in a relatively safer environment. Um, and I think that holds true yeah. in trucking too where you're a company guy instead of having to make all these different lease payments and, and everything in, in this market right now, which has got to give you agita. Yeah. And, and um, stay away from a lot of places that do like the, um, the, uh, the driver, the promo, uh, promo codes and stuff that that's like a hot ticket right now. If you've got more guys online bragging about their referral code than what they're actually making, stay away. Yeah. 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 Stay away. You don't see as many gurus. I mean, there's the TikTok gurus, but like they're not as bombastic, I think, as they were uh, in 2021 and 2022. Still. Yeah. No, because you, you can easily just all the channels are still up. You can see the videos when they were posted and then you look at what they're doing now. It's not trucking. Now, have you ever had a haul ammonia and nitrate before? You used to do some of that military stuff. Yeah. But, well, I hauled the finished product, you know, whatever yeah. it was turned into eventually. But yeah, yeah, I hauled, I hauled some good stuff back in the day. Well, how does how does this happen? Take a look at this headline here. It says California officials are investigating the loss of a 30 ton shipment of explosive chemicals. This is from KQED. They report some 60,000 pounds of ammonia nitrate, a chemical used as both a fertilizer and a component in explosives. I believe that was used in the Oklahoma City bombing, if I'm not mistaken. It went missing as was shipped by rail from Wyoming to California last month. And here's where it gets weird. The company is saying that. it just leaked out of the bottom of the rail car. This company that's involved in this was Dyna Noble. Well, the um, the FRA representative is saying that the the hopper of one of the cars wasn't closed. Either way, does this mean 60,000 pounds of ammonia nitrate was just dragged from uh, Cheyenne to California? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. And it's all over the tracks now. Hopefully the wind you know, carries it and disperses it. I mean, it's a but fertilizer. This, this actually, You're going to yeah, eat all over the really tracks, good, maybe. This, yeah, and this is a really good opportunity for people to harp on like double brokering as a, um, a national security risk. Because who knows? Maybe this was a stolen load, and they just used this as an excuse to cover up why it was uh, why it was missing. I mean, can't they just sit like go along the tracks and detect this? I mean, it seems yeah. like a lot of nitrate. Or, or light a match. <laughs> 
Huh, well, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Take a look at this one. Have you ever had to get towed out of a situation? What is a driver supposed to do here when they block the road? Roll this tape right here. There's a couple of cycles coming down the road. There's a Penske truck or a, a rental truck that got stuck in a bush over here. Across from it is a tow truck, and I think he's got the tow cable already attached to that because these cyclists are coming down the road, and these two guys just flipped over it. They look like a, they look like a couple of stormtroopers on speeder bikes getting flipped by the Ewoks. It looks like you put a trash can out back, but yeah, no. When you're towing like that, you got to have cones out. You know, you're, you're uh, 50 feet, uh, 100 feet, and 150 feet back. But who knows? Maybe those guys wouldn't have seen it anyway. You think that? So who's in the wrong here? Is it the driver for not putting the, the cones out, or is it the cyclist because you don't like? Cycling? Oh, definitely the drivers. I mean, the, the driver. Because look at that cable. You, know, you can't see that at all. No, no, that, yeah. I mean, I, I can't, it looked like one of the guys kind of slowed down and the other guy next to him, like, oh, he saw his opportunity to take the lead. And then he just like pedaled even harder into his own demise. Yeah, they're all like in the zone looking down. And the one guy in the lead like, oh, let me slow down. Yep, got him. Oh, man. Oh, man, that driver too. Don't, don't try and move somebody when they flip like that uh, driver. I, I guess he was just trying to move the bike, but you don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Here's here's another scary situation. Now, you know, people sometimes complain about modern safety devices, airbags and everything, but look at this guy. He would not be here if it weren't for this. And it's sort of it's a, it's amazing what they're going to peel out of here. As they're trying to rip the door like from audio listeners, there's a car wedged under the side of a 50-foot 3-foot trailer. It's completely crushed. Roof crushed. You see airbags everywhere. There's a couple of guys just trying to tear away the debris from the inside of the car, and all of a sudden we see this man's leg stick out from it, and here he comes out, man. He looks like the next contestant on The Price is Right. He hops out on his own. He doesn't get dragged out or anything. And he's like still checking his phone, and maybe he's, he's like touching his nose to check to see if he has a nosebleed, I guess. But yeah, that, that car looks like um, the end result of like one of those like crash simulators you like to post. I mean, if you, thing is just completely destroyed. If you look too, not only did he go sideways under, but there's another semi right behind them that showed briefly yeah. that hit him in the back that really wedged him in here. And I think he's yep. carrying two phones. Now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't on the phone. Maybe he was <laughs> just calling for help while he was trapped in this like airbag cocoon. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, those airbags 100% saved his life. It, that, that is absolutely uh, amazing. You ever been? Yeah, you, you ever been smacked in the face with the airbag yet? No, 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 no. I, I watched the car in front of me, um, and I had to take my knife out to like cut the guy's um, seatbelt off to help pull him out. But uh, never had one happen to myself. Mm. Mm. Well, Justin, you spend a lot of time on TikTok. Go check out the What the Truck TikTok FW What the Truck. But in our time there, we come across a lot of recipes. You and I are both big guys. We like to eat. Let's take a look at, at this one. Is this something you would try right here? Can we get sound up on this? I like the yeah, I like the sound of that. Uh. So what someone took here is half a watermelon with the entire rind on it, and they dropped it in. What is that oil? Is that oil, Justin? They got yeah. in there. So yeah, they got deep frying a watermelon. But there's also popcorn seeds in there, is there not? Or that's not the watermelon seeds. It, it, well, like, the video cuts, so it looks like they deep fried the watermelon to like get the flavor in the oil, and then they drop some popcorn in there to pop the popcorn and soak up all the watermelon flavor. Have you tried this before? Would this be good? Oh, that looks amazing. I used to pick up some amazing kettle corn on the road. There's a, a pilot out in Kansas. Um, they just make it right there in the parking lot. Yeah, I, is, I'd, I'd buy a bag of that for sure. What, what, what does the rind add to it, though? Like, why do you keep the rind on? I don't know. I, I guess they just keep it in there just to, you know. It, oh, you know, maybe it's like um, it's like when you're it's like when you're cooking with uh, citrus. You know, you yeah. leave the orange peel in there because that's where the flavor is at. Who knows? Huh. All right. Well, here, I got some advice for you. I don't know if you've had these. Do you like to buy the weird snacks? I got a... 
I was talking by Publix, oh, yeah, and I, I guess we're like a test market now for for like uh, the weird Dorito flavors because we got this tangy ketchup and this hot mustard. I picked them both up yesterday. Take a look at these bags right here. I got to tell you, on their own, probably not the best. The tangy ketchup, like that works a little bit better on a like a potato chip than a corn chip. And the hot mustard, it tastes like like Chinese takeout hot mustard, but it's a little bit weird having like the afternote of a Dorito. But here's the secret. You get a bag of each and then you like you bite one, you, you take a ketchup and mustard and you eat them together. And that like really brings both flavors together. Hmm. I think we're in a similar test market because we have these chips called sandwich chips. Yeah. And the flavor is so strong and bold on them. But it's not because you're not supposed to eat them by, by themselves. You're supposed to put them like in a sandwich and crunch them up. And that's why the, that's why the seasoning is so strong. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Justin, I wonder, if, I wonder you, if the Doritos are the same thing. If you see those out there, give them a shot. Thank you so much for stopping by the we'll show do. today. Find uh, Justin on social media at Super Trucker and uh, find us at FW What the Truck. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Take care. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Meanwhile. It's right over here. So this guy's in here and he's his first day at the gym and everyone is just going hard. Everyone is just going way harder than he can. I haven't done that in years. You, the gym at all? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't walked in a... No, I, I, I work at work, you know? Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, exactly. Well, you got to load and unload trucks, right? And exactly. inside deliveries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't go that hard at this gym. <laughs> By the way, everybody, here he is, Mr. Stephen Tittle. And introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, we've met a few times. And yeah. my name is Steve. I'm with uh, Gateway Crate and Freight. And uh, actually, I have a couple of different companies. But uh, they all do logistics-related uh, work. And, uh, you know, I happened to be in East Tennessee for the last week doing some installs. And so I reached out to you to see if you wanted to grab a bite or, you know, something just to sure. talk. And, and I was like, and I got I, something cooler. Just come by the studio. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> like, hey, that sounds great. You know, I, I wanted to bring you. It's not as cool as your shirt. Well, but I wanted sure. you to give a gateway work shirt. OK. So yeah, if you're sure. building Legos or <laughs> exactly. whatever, I you know, I want to give you, give you a, a shirt. I have a gift for you, too. Oh, sweet. So what the truck hat. You're right. official. Love it. Stopping by the studio. Love now, it. you said you were doing some installs. Let's start there. What, what, what kind of installs do you do? Yes, yeah, so the, the, we do. Um, uh, well, we have a couple different. Uh, projects, but one of them, uh, we do ballistic panels for the military. Yeah, Chattanooga actually is kind of the impetus in 2015 that started this. There was a shooting at a, a Marine Navy recruiting station yeah. here in Chattanooga in 2015. Yeah. Islamic extremists kind of, and uh, I think the military decided there was something they needed to do to protect military personnel that weren't on bases. If you're on a base, you've got a guard with guns and nothing's going to happen to you. But if you're a recruiter and you're at high schools and you're working out of a mall or a strip mall, there are some protection measures that needed to be taken. So in 2017, they came up with a program where they wanted to, uh, they did a number of different things, but one of them was these ballistic panel sets. And uh, we put in to be able to provide the transportation logistics for those, right? So we do all the shipping from the manufacturer, which is in Southern California, to every state and territory in the United States. Um, when we first started that, there was kind of like a, a mix of gateway personnel and assets and agent assets. And we, we figured at the beginning of the contract, it would be probably a 30-70 split. By the second year, it was 80-20 where gateway assets were actually doing all of the work. So um, at one point, I had you know 17 veterans who worked for me. It was great for them to get back out into these recruiting stations, whether they were in the Navy or the Army or the Air Force, or I'm an Air Force veteran myself. But Hey, so is my dad. Thank you. <laughs> Both of you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, to, to your dad, too, for his service. Um, but basically, every 
city in the country that has a high school, right? Normally there's some kind of recruiter yeah. to help them transition or, or to join into the military, right? So it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Reserves, Coast Guard, uh, um, you know, so uh, we take these in and we set them up. So not only do we ship them, and there's been, t I can't tell you, there's probably every different mode of transportation we've used, merge and transit, a box truck, cargo van, I actually am in my Ram 2500 with a 30-foot tra uh, cargo trailer. Nice. And so we do different ways of delivering these to where it needs to go, whether it's uh, like a station here in downtown Chattanooga where there's not a lot of parking for a 26-foot truck yeah. or a 53-footer. You know, if you go to a mall, usually there's something good there. But if you're in a strip mall or a downtown area, that's a little more difficult. Um, we just did a large Navy office uh, that was a big office building, you know? So it's all these different uh, delivery modes that you have to use to get the job done. Well, yours is a little more high touch, right? Usually someone brings a 53 foot trailer, they touch a dock, the lumpers come, they empty the truck, you wait around, they hit the green light, then you can go after a lot of frustration. Your team has to bring this stuff inside, right? That's correct. And do you have to do any of the installs yourself? That's correct, yeah, we put them together as well. So that drastically changes the logistics of, of your operation. How do you handle that secondary component? We're all very familiar with just getting the freight there. Sure. What do you have to take into account when you actually have to do the next phase, which is actually bring this in, and especially to some really unique locations? Yeah, so um, that was the thing about, uh, like I said, the split between an agent model to actually our own assets is that you have all these different challenges, whether it's a mall that has certain times where you can deliver, like only before nine or after, yeah. you know, you can't go through the middle of the mall with these things, right? Or, um, you know, another place where, you know, there's limited parking or uh, a strip mall or an office building where you have to have a certificate of insurance even to walk in the door so you don't break a window or they have a marble floor and you're, you're rolling an 800 pound unit across a marble floor. Mm -hmm. There's all these things you have to take into consideration when doing those kinds of deliveries. And we felt that, uh, and I feel like this with all of our different projects where we do, where we do a nationwide final mile install kind of thing is if the same per people, the same teams keep doing it over and over, they get better and better. They overcome the challenges a lot better. They understand, you know, the dynamics of walking into an office building compared to a mall, compared to a, a, a you know a strip mall, yeah. Um, and so it makes the whole logistics better than say, hey, I have an agent in Chattanooga that can have handle this, right? Sure, they might be able to handle it, but it's going to take them a lot longer than, say, my team that came all the way from oh, yeah. L.A. or Arizona because they've been doing it for years. Oh, if right? you call a regular 3P, and I've had this happen <laughs> when I sold, like, like General Freight, more FAK stuff, you'd have people that would want these specialized things, and it'd be like, we're not that kind of 3 p You got you to go talk to someone else who really specializes. This is high touch. It's a completely, it's a completely different type of move. Why, though? Like, what, what's your why behind this? What's your background that you got so into crates and decided to take on this sort of more challenging version of moving freight? <laughs> Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I have a broker, so I have multiple businesses. And the reason you do that is because you need multiple risk buckets, right? So you need a bucket of the first mile. Yeah. Like, every time I've been on the show so far, it's been about the first mile. Oh, we picked up this FanDuel trophy, or we picked up the 16th century Japanese art, right? Yeah. It was all about the cool stuff we pick up and create and prepare for shipping. But there's a whole nother company that's a whole nother bucket that I'm part of that we do final mile inside delivery. So like medical hospitals and equipment. Well, let's look at some examples, um, actually. Let's, yeah, take a, like, let's take a look at the, the first picture we hear. So talk us through some of the stuff. I was reading the descriptions online, but you, you educate us on what we're looking at here. Sure. Um, so this, this, is, this is actually a, a funny story. That, that, so, you, that, you, you didn't leave it that way, did you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two weeks before a hurricane hit in Pensacola, Florida, my team went in and set up these, if you can see the blue things in there, uh, 
they're, they're, the, they're actually the ballistic panels. They're the ones that military would get behind if a, a shooting happened or something like that. But anyway, this hurricane came in, blew apart the building, but uh, the Army Corps sent me this uh, picture and said, hey, by the way, all your cubicles, are still, all your bulletproof panels are still standing. Still Good standing. job. <laughs> right? have, you, uh, have you tested them? Have you stood behind one and let someone shoot it? No. No, no, <laughs> no. No, I would, no. I, would be no I, I, I wouldn't do that. But uh, um, it, it's been a pretty, really cool project. We've been doing it since 2018. Now, the, the, the thing about it is, you know, how in LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, yeah. we've been very active for the last three years. Sure. Well, two years before that, in 2018, when this started, I was traveling around the country. I mean, I have 150 crosstalk warehouses. If I walk in the door and talk and meet to somebody, you know, meet somebody, then any future business, they're like, oh, Steve, yeah. I know him. Yeah, well, we went to lunch. <laughs> or, you know, hey, and, and it makes it easier to network that way. And so I've continued to do that over the years with this military contract because we go to every state every territory, and I've been to Guam and Saipan and American Samoa, and I've sent teams all across the U.S., and we've, we've literally installed in every single state. There's not a state we haven't been in. Well, you got a bunch every. of crates here. What's good about crates? Like, why, why these particular crates? Well, the, these crates, right. uh, I, I talked about how they were busted up. So this is where we, we were receiving stuff that came in from overseas. Um, the material that's used in that stuff isn't like what we would use when we create something, right? Yeah. And so it's all busted up and falling apart, and we take the, the stuff out of the crate to go inside, deliver it. And, you know, you spent $10,000 for something, you don't want to scratch on it, right? But somehow they get packed like that. We have to deal with that kind of inside delivery. Hey, listen, this is scratched. Yeah, but the crates were banged up and broke, and here's some pictures, and and we don't control that part of it, right? It comes to our warehouse. I got it. Who makes crates? Is it, is it, do the same people that make pallets make crates? Who, who are like the crate manufacturers? They do. There's a, there, there's a lot of them, a lot of uh, competition out there in that space. But, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know you've got like craters and freighters and UFP and, and uh, Propac. And there's all these people around the country that will, you know, they, yeah, they make pallets. We make pallets. We make, uh, you know, and it's custom stuff. So on the first mile in stuff where we make custom pallets, custom crates, um, you know the way that freight has gone, it's become more dimensional, right? Yeah. So if you could, if instead of doing that 30 by 30 box on a 48 by 48, you know, pallet, 48 by 40 standard pallet, if you make a 32 by 32, now your freight goes down, right? Yeah. Because dimensionally, you're, you're small, you know, it's a smaller thing and more dense, and the LTL companies or whoever you're shipping with will give you a break because you're not taking as much capacity in their in their in their um, trailers, right? So, Joshua, well, here's a unique location. How about a yacht? How do you how do you deliver? <laughs> how do you do an inside delivery to a yacht? And uh, do you charge like an extra hand carry fee for that? <laughs> I do, and actually, uh, uh, we we do fulfillment work for some solar companies, and and one of them particularly sells to yachts, right? Mm. So if you so we we bring them in in pallets, and then normally on a yacht you're going to need two, three, five, right? But not more. You're not going to need twenty five. Yeah, which is it. so uh, we do the distribution of those, and sometimes we'll do actually the final mile of these. So I actually did this one myself. Sometimes the pictures and stuff I post are from. My workers, sure. you, know, you know, Mark Brandon, some, somebody will send me a picture and then I post it. This actually I did myself. And the guy was great. I mean, yeah. he wanted to tip me. He's like, oh. thank you so much for helping me get him on top of the boat. And all I did was add a little extra for my client right? sure. for, to, to help his client. And he very, very thankful. It didn't take much for me to, to really do that. You know what I mean? So uh, final mile deliveries like that are pretty unique. Speaking you know? of unique, what is this device that we're looking at right here with the meters on it? That is a Stutter 810. And the re so 
one of the things I always preach on, on LinkedIn or with everybody that I work with is there's a lot of shipping companies, there's a lot of moving companies, there's a lot of delivery companies, but we're not in that business. We're in the protection business. That's yeah. what I try to sell. We're, we're here to protect people's stuff, and we happen to get it to where it needs to go, right? So sure. the number one mindset in my company that I try to teach is protection. So when you get a good reputation on that, you get something like this. That, that belonged to Buck Owens. Oh, right. Wow. So that was Buck Owens' uh, recording studio device. It's a Stutter 810. I guess that's one of the best analog reel-to-reel uh, -reel recorders back in the 70s that you could own. It's a real artifact. Right? And so they came to us and said, can you make sure that this gets packaged correctly, shipped correctly, delivered correctly? We don't want anything to happen to this. And so, it, you know, those kinds of things, uh, especially in the first mile, we love those things. You know, we, we love taking care of those things because all my guys are in that same mindset. You know, you, know, I thought you make up a good point, too. Like a, a lot of shipping companies, they, 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 they tell you all this fluff and everything. But ultimately, the shipper, all they care about is the result. Is this going to get here safe? Like they don't care if it has to switch the, the, the trucks. Is that going to damage it? That's why they care, right? Right. All they care about is it going to get there? Is it going to get there somewhere within the realm of the budget that they set forth? Exactly. Yeah. Always remember that. It doesn't matter if you're moving something into a yacht or you're just moving 53 stock to dock. That's what the priorities are. Absolutely. Yep. I think we have one more to look at here. Let's just look at a little bit of art before I let you go too. What goes on with this when you have to do an entire office? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things we do um, with artwork. That was actually, every now and then, I'll take a memory that the yeah. OneDrive gives me and says, hey, here's your memory from this day, and it'll take a couple years, right? And so I'll say, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll just yeah. post it and, and say something about it. So you can see this little army office with some ballistic uh, panels uh, that are in it. Um, we picked up some artwork that day. Um, so are all the cubicles in army offices, like, ballistic? Are most of them? Like, would that be not unusual? Uh, well, they are, they're all ballistic now. All, all of them are. Yeah. Wow. So, so we've been doing this program for five years. I mean, we did 13,000 of them and only 60 fill a 53-foot truck because of weight. Yeah. So you can imagine I moved them in intermodal containers across the U.S. I've moved them in, you know, like I said, every piece of equipment you could imagine, we've moved these around the country. And we've merged in transit. We've backed up 26-foot trucks trucks to 53 foot trucks, transfer them on, a, you know, transfer them down into cargo vans because the delivery was very challenging. It's, and I have these teams that travel around the country to do that. So like I said, when I had 17 veterans and I put them together and say, okay, we're gonna knock out Chattanooga, uh, Knoxville, and then the Tri-Cities, right? They'd come out here and they'd be here for weeks. And the great thing about having veterans as employees is they're used to being deployed. They're okay with being on the road for a month or two, coming back home for two weeks. And then they're always like, hey, Steve, when can I go out again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they love it. They love the whole camaraderie thing. They love what they were doing for their country by going out and helping protect other veterans that may not have the protection that they normally need because people are crazy with guns now. <laughs> so, uh, Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. And it's, uh, you know, like I said, my, my guys are extremely good at doing these. And this is, uh, you know, the fifth year. We started in 2018, um, you know, and, and we love doing them. So, Well, Stephen, thank you so much for stopping by the studio today, bringing us inside your world, that challenge. If people have challenging stuff, they need, I don't know, the rich guy out there listening. He needs some solar panels on his yacht or someone <laughs> has uh, their Mona Lisa that needs to be moved. How do they get in touch with you? Um, well, Gateway Crate and Freight on the first mile, uh, Delivixy on the final mile, and Gateway Optimum Transportation is the carrier company. So sure. we, you know, all the equipment and all that. So there's multiple companies. Reach out on LinkedIn to me. That's, I mean, there's so many brokers and forwarders that I've met through LinkedIn that yeah. basically, hey, I love what you do. I've got this project, handle it. And, uh, you know, I see a BWS hat there. Oh, Rob, sure. Rob Bussey, you know, calls me 
all the time. Hey, Steve, I got this project. Boom, take yeah. care of it. Mm. Don't 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 tell the audience how messy it is under here. Is it true? That oh no, no, isn't it kind of uncomfortable up here? Because there's no your knees can't go inwards, right? You have to sit like spread eagle up here. Well, like our knees are knocking up here. You can't see it, but they are. Well, you're trying to make all this beautiful yes. for them. Well, it's and, okay. you know, whatever. It's show business, man. I can take the pain. Hey, thank you so much for stopping yeah, by. Hey, you have a safe trip you. back. Yeah, thank you very uh, much. Take your hat with you. you I got bet. your shirt. And take care, sir. Thank you, Tim. You take bet. Take it easy. All right, everybody elsewhere. Maritime Ocean is then right here. That China shipping room. I don't know. This makes me calm. Watching boats on the water. Here in the ocean. The symphony of supply chain is moves along. It's like white noise. I hope Jenna doesn't fall asleep listening to this. I hope I don't fall asleep listening to this. <laughs> it's got me in a it's got me in a good place. All right, send us the hard stuff. That's what Dunavant Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistical nightmare that keeps you up at night, call the good folks over at Dunavant. They make headaches disappear. Visit them at Dunavant.com. But right now, let's go over to Jenna Sargent. She, well, you know what? I'm not even gonna introduce her by her title yet because I'll let her do that. Jenna, welcome to the show. Hi, Dooner. Good, good afternoon. By the way, shout out to uh, Jordan Graham Highway, by the way. He's the one who uh, connected us and put us in touch with one another. And he was like, you need to go talk to Jenna Dooner. And I was like, I'm, I'm on it. But before we do, it's getting to that time of the year. I got kids in school. You got kids in school. Oh, you had a kid in school. As I understand, there was just a graduation. Congratulations. Two graduations? Wow. Double. Yes. Double. <laughs> double Kaba. How'd it go? Thank you. Um, it was an amazing whirlwind week. I actually had two daughters graduating, one from college and one from high school, in two different states in the same week. Ooh. So lots of good times. And I am also proud to say um, my oldest daughter graduated college, and she was the first female in our family to walk a secondary, post-secondary education stage. So it's a very good moment for the family. And I shout out to all the other graduate families out there. Uh, yes, shout out to all of them. Congratulations to you. Hey, little parent corner before we jump into things. You are a logistics executive, and you just mentioned you got kids graduating all over the place. How do you manage your time? How do you, how do, you do the balance between family and executive? Process, process, process. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to have a merged calendar would be my, uh, my go-to. The calendar for work has to match the family calendar, and it all has to be in one place, or you could... You could miss something really important. Yeah, no, true words. Jenna, tell us a little, little bit about yourself before we get into your, your big news here, because you've been with Schneider, you've been with XBO, you've been with RX. So give us a little bit of this background. Yeah, sure. Happy to share. Um, well, I started out in logistics about 16 years ago um, in my hometown, which is Reno, Nevada. Um, I am like any other American consumer. I had no idea what this industry was um, when I go to the store. I expect what I want to be on the shelf at Target. And I never gave two thoughts to how it got there, who put it there, what all went into that process. Um, so my entry into freight brokerage was making 100 cold calls a day at a startup in Reno, Nevada in 2007, right before the Great Recession. Ooh, um, right. trial and, by fire. <laughs> yeah, but that's a whole bunch of other stories in its own, yes. Um, so doing a startup in a down market is something that... Um, I guess I keep doing. <laughs> yeah. So tell us I started about this, there. Tell us about this an announcement because it's it's interesting timing and it's uh it, there's a ribbon cutting coming up and you're about to take your mm -hmm. your next journey at a, a curious time in the market. 
Yes. A lot of people have asked me, why are you doing this? You know, you have a great career with a very big company. And why would you do this now in a down market? And um, the answers are unique and personal to me. But honestly, um, doing a startup in brokerage in a down market is all I've ever known. Um, you know, the first one was in 07, right before the Great Recession. Um, there were furloughs and all kinds of financial shutdowns. Um, and the second one was in 2010, which was, I mean, that recession took at least five years to come out of. So um, I think now is a good time for me. Um, and the reason to do it is because I miss the fire and the speed and the agility of a startup. You know, my passion is really building the teams, bringing in the customers, creating all those solutions and setting them up like a well-oiled machine. And I've found in my career, Dooner, once I get to the point where the team could outlive me, my brain naturally starts looking for the next challenge. And mm. so that's where I am today. And today, or this week at least, you're cutting the ribbon over yeah. at Titan. Tell us what the company is. What, what's your angle on the market? Yeah, sure. Um, so Titan Logistics Solutions is a cold start. Um, our sister company is called Hazel's Expedite Freight. Um, and I want to shout out to that first real quick. Um, Hazel's Expedite Freight is one of the, if not the most respected and largest expedite trucking companies based in the state of Texas. Um, the story behind Hazel's Expedite Freight is one that really captured me. Um, it was founded by Hazel Marshall in 1977. So you had a single mother divorcee in the 70s back in a time when women didn't really even work outside the home full-time as, as a norm, uh, let alone in the trucking industry, which is still male-dominated, it's changing. Um, and then in the state of Texas, which is known as a very rough and tumble, good old boy state, um, she was a real pioneer. She was the original Titan. Um, and I had the privilege of um, you know, interviewing the family. Um, she, she has passed away. But the company um, is thriving um, under its current CEO, Dustin Marshall. Um, there's offices all over the state of Texas, several hundred um, assets under, um, under their umbrella, and it's, it's a Texas staple. And so partnering with a company that holds those same values of um, tenacity and community service um, and excellence for customer service, which is what Hazel really did. She, she would do anything for her customers or her drivers. And so she really was the original Titan. Um, so that's, that's my shout out to tight or, um, to Hazel's logistics or <laughs> Hazel's expedite freight. Um, but Titan is, um, Titan logistics solutions is our new company. Uh, ribbon cutting is on Thursday here in our office in Dallas in the Addison district. Um, and we're very excited. What is your vision for for Titan? So you mentioned that lineage that you bring from Hazel. You are you're now the leader over at Titan. What what's this company going to be? What is it going to represent? Um, I think that the vision, my vision for Titan, is really um, to bring in and bring together some real Titans in the industry, people who have you know been there, done that, um, have a few different T-shirts from different companies. Um, and I've always wanted to do something, uh, where I was the leader of all aspects of the business. And so that's my opportunity today. And I'm capturing it with all my heart and soul. Um, you know, it's kind of like, why, 
why, why do we always build a sandcastle every time we go to the beach? And it's really right because of the joy of the building. And that's what I'm very passionate about. Um, my vision is to really have a boutique style brokerage uh, by partnering with the right company like Hazel's um, who share our values in people development. Um, having a high performance culture is very important to me. Um, and so people that have been through, I mean, we always say that freight brokerage is not for everyone and logistics is not for everyone. So the, the team that we are bringing in that we've attracted is very experienced and they know this is for them. And so that moves a big rock out of the way when you're doing a startup. Um, and so my vision is really more about the high performance culture, um, being obsessed with service, you know, um, and the skill set to do that is important. And then having that growth mindset. Uh, sometimes companies get really big and it becomes difficult to be agile. And I really miss the fire of the speed of a startup. So, so we're not too vague. What are the services? Is this expedited? Is this what, like, what's your differentiator? How, how is this different than, than Hazel's, for example? And how is this different from your competitors? Yeah, sure. So Hazel's um, is an asset-based trucking company here in Texas. Um, and Titan Logistics Solutions is um, the sister company as a freight brokerage. So we will offer all of the normal services that our freight brokerage offers, including full truckload, expedite, Obviously, um, we already help a ton of Hazel's customers. Um, whenever a driver is not available, uh, we will find a partner carrier to take care of their expedite needs. Um, tons of flatbed, overdimensional, oil and gas is a big deal here. Um, but really to answer your question, Dooner, about the differentiator is I think it's our approach to the business. So I really look at freight brokerage as five stages, um, prospecting, pricing, carrier selection, operations, and then at the end is freight audit and bill pay. And I am very tech forward. Um, Jordan Graft over at Highway that you mentioned earlier, we are like two peas in a pod, although he's a whole lot smarter than I am. So thank goodness for tech people. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of brokerages are talking about being a tech broker, being a tech-enabled broker. For us here at Titan and for me, it's about selective automation. Um, so starting at the beginning with prospecting, you know, we have a marketing team that's done a great job of putting together a website for us. You can go over to runtitan.com um, and see what they've got going on there. Um, but that marketing automation is really helpful when it comes to focused prospecting. So that's one way that we can stay focused on the service and not so much um, cold calling a hundred times a day to people that don't want to hear from you. Um, and then the next thing is, is pricing. Um, Anyone can grab data from DAT or Internet Truck Stop or their history files and throw out a rate, right? What a solution is involves understanding where the customer's business is today, what are their goals, and how can we create a pricing structure that meets them where they are and takes them into the future? Um, and then the next part of the transaction where I would automate, we are automating, is carrier selection. Um, and that is our partner's highway with Jordan Graff. Mm -hmm. And I think the old way of doing things was an upgrade where you had a carrier who would sign a contract and they would go into an automatic monitoring system. But with Highway, it's really about authenticating that carrier and proving their identity and doing a lot of other things to make sure that, you know, in Jordan's word, we remove bad actors. Um, that cool. keeps us safer, keeps our customers' freight safer, and automating that um, is, is a real differentiator, I think. 
And then so I me, think from there, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, let me ask you something. Let's, I think we'll give, we'll give this even more context if you, if you shared a story from the battlefield. What makes you tick? Do you got a good story from, from, uh, from out here in the freight world? Yeah. Are you looking for like the PG-13 stories or? Sure. <laughs> Whatever you got, throw one at um, me. Yeah, I think it's about being together. I think during COVID, our leadership styles really had to change. And for me, like one of the best stories in my last startup was, you know, it was me and five guys in, in a room sitting at a table that was definitely from like the Starship Enterprise, you know, Outer Galactica 1980s or whatever, inside a warehouse tuner. And it was so crowded in there. We were like bumping elbows when we would type and there was a fax machine on a stool in the corner. Remember when we had to fax rate tenders and stuff? Um, customers would say, are you in a bar? Because it was so loud. And I would say, kind of. Um, I think... That that type of startup, that type of gumption, that type of grit is what is needed to be successful. Um, even in today's world, you know, 13 years later, where you have all this technology propping you up, you cannot miss the togetherness and the synergies that come with having a human behind the operation, making sure that where the rubber meets the road, you know, we're in lockstep together. Wow. Well, very cool and powerful. Hey, any words for, I don't always have, uh, you know, I try to bring a lot of women leaders on here, but I don't have as many as men. So what kind of advice would you give to the women leaders who are looking to be inspired, who have, who want to go through multiple startups and deal with this crazy world? I love that you asked this question because I, I wanted to find a way to bring it up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a like, don't ask, don't tell topic. And it, it's good that you brought it up. Um, partnering with a woman-founded trucking company in the 70s is like beyond my world's biggest dream in my career. Um, I would say to women in this industry, it's very important that you show up you know, with your full self. It's very important that you wear a, dr a dress with flowers on it if you want to. It's also very important that you know what your boundaries are in terms of what you're willing to do and not willing to do for customers and carriers and your employees, um, because you can very easily slip into caretaker mode and then it's difficult for people to take you seriously. Um, and I would also say that you should never limit yourself. You know, one of the things I learned about Hazel Marshall, who founded um, the trucking side of the company, is she never really thought or gave two thoughts about the fact that she was a woman. And I kind of was that way in the beginning of my career too. I could really relate to that. Um, just keep moving, you know, take on jobs that you don't think you're ready for. Um, say yes to opportunities that you, you are, you know, they're outside your comfort zone and don't be afraid to, um, to set a boundary where you need to. It's something that's not discussed a lot, um, in professional circles, but there is still harassment that goes on out there, especially with customers, um, who maybe get the wrong idea. And I think that it's something, if we talk more about it. I think more women will, will get to where they want to go. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on launching a Titan. Um, enjoy that ribbon cutting and take care. Thank you, Dooner. Talk to take, you soon. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Kate, we're only a month away. We're one month away, June 21st, June 22nd, 2023. We're going to Cleveland, man, for the uh, Freight Waves live event. What is it? Futurist Supply Chain. Get your blueprint for the future. Go to live.freightwaves.com. Find me on Twitter, add to me the Dooner. Send me some artifacts from my wall. Take care. Don't be a stranger.